And we're back. Hey. Hey. <laughs> to another episode of Dungeons and Dagmars. And uh, today I've got with me, instead of that, I've got Don. Yes. Who's going to hopefully give me all of the secrets to this campaign. I'm so excited. Yeah, because we're friends now. And exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um a pretty exciting time. I did you did you happen to listen to the other dungeons of Dagmar's? Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, yes. So you're all, you're all full up on how to create a character and how to Ooh. how to be a DM. Yep. 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 Okay. I think I'm think I'm working on that still a little bit, but the DM part. The DM part. <laughs> I think you could work on that forever. <laughs> yeah. Anybody can. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I've got. I I have a couple of topics to talk about hopefully you brought something with you today yeah i mean i i did i brought a few things um and i figured yeah we would be riffing here and seeing what we can come up with and you know this is i was thinking this is the first time that you've been over that nobody else has been over correct yeah we've actually never hung out together this is the longest that we've had a conversation together. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so weird. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I came over, um, you know, with that, obviously. There was the, with Jerry leaving and you DMing, there was the opening there. Yeah. So, uh, th- which kind of leads me into my first topic. Like, how do you, how do you think that uh, the swap out of rogues has gone so far? You know, obviously oh, we lost Kragar, yeah, and, and now we we've, we've got uh, Dagmar in there. Well, I mean, I think it's gone swimmingly. You yeah, know? Uh, as much as I really enjoy playing Kragar, um, you know, it is what it is, and we pressed on. And um, you know, it's funny is that we we were we were really kind of caught in the lurch. I mean, we, we had we you know we had a little bit of time to figure things out. And we were trying to brainstorm and we were like, well, let's just do like a rotating person or we'll test like, like we were trying to come up with lists of names and uh, dad was pushing you hard and, oh, we, and yeah. none of us knew you were like, well, you know, you know, we've got this chemistry and, <laughs> but there really wasn't anybody that we all collectively knew that was like in a position to like jump on the podcast. Right. So then we're like, well, okay, I guess we'll we'll give him a try and yeah. then see what happens. And then it was like, all right, well, this guy works. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we never even had a graduation ceremony. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I felt like it's when I, when I got the gauntlets of org power, that's <laughs> when I felt like, okay, they're not going to gift me that magical item and then go away. <laughs> so. Yeah. Cause there was never that it was, it was like, I don't know if you were ever thinking, well, maybe this is my last week or whatever. <laughs> there was. So actually, uh, I, I kind of figured on three weeks, like getting through the town part, I kind of, and then I didn't know if it was going to be like a handshake and well, there you go. Thanks for playing. Yeah, Dagmar, <laughs> Dagmar helped you out. You guys have a good life. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I am very happy to have continued playing. I, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy the campaign and I really enjoy everybody. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I, yeah, I think it's worked out great and you've been a lot of fun to play with. So yeah, well, I, I do push the narrative along. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really important in this type, especially in this type of, um, you know, the, this particular game, but just podcasts, uh, they do, they're different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, every, everybody's played in that campaign where 
there's a lot of dead time and, you know, people may be looking at their phones or not paying attention in combat and stuff. And, and podcasts in my experience and my limited experience have really like shored up a lot of that because you have to be ready to go there. You can't have dead kind of dead air. Just no, it, it is. And it's also, and that, that's, that was one of the things that I think we all found surprising early on was how tiring it is. Absolutely. I was exhausted the first time. And I think part of it was, uh, quite honestly, I was really nervous about like uh, my voice in it because, um, you know, I had a whole idea of having the gravelly voice because of the throat being cut and everything. Yeah. So I was really, I was really nervous and I've never, I've never done uh, voices as a player. I've always done my voices as a DM. So it was always, you know, you do it for a line or two and then it goes away kind of thing. But yeah, so, I mean, keeping it up yeah. and just being on even for like an hour at a stretch. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. How has, uh, how has that changed for you? Like, um, from a mindset of the campaign, one playing in it and then kind of changing to the DM to be in control of the same kind of world. Did you get to find out a lot of information that maybe you had questions on, um, through the second season? Uh, Yes. Not as much as I would have liked. Okay. I mean, and 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 no offense, to Jerry. Jerry. Jerry was Jerry was very generous with his time, and um, and you know we were trying to figure out how to just approach it. And I'm like, well, like, what did you have planned? And that was really my burning question. Like, yeah, we left off, and like we were, we 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 stepped out of this tunnel and uh, and looked out, and there was this underground city, and that was the cliffhanger from season two. And I'm like, sure. So you know, I was like, I've got a million questions, and so. You know, he gave me his, um, and, and I joked about this a bit, you know, in like episode one right. of this season, which I don't, did you ever go back and listen to this? Yeah. Stuff? Yeah. I listened to the first couple of episodes. Yeah. You know, he, he like gave me his, what he'd kind of planned out at like the, you know, an outline view. It wasn't like he handed me a module. It was like, right. Here's my ideas and I've got this and these gags and, 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 and it was a lot of great stuff and, you know, this history and. And, you know, me kind of writing, we've also joked about my note taking. I got, I ended up with like a page of notes. Okay. And that was what I had to go on. And I, I really, at this point, was hoping he'd be interested. I, I tried to bait him into joining us tonight. Yeah, that would have been really interesting to see how that, yeah, how, how different it has become versus what he kind of envisioned. I I imagine it's night and day. Yeah. Like, like well, this far different. into it, I imagine. A lot, I mean, at this point, it's it's your story, as you know. I I have to figure anyway. Oh yeah, I mean, we we. I mean, everything was be probably completely diverged, other than you know the who who the the nemesis is and what like okay. like the the stuff you guys kind of know, right? That so there's this you know this foundation and Cornbray and you you know the big reveal. The, the the shocker for me was oh yeah Marissa's like behind all this stuff and I'm, I'm like what she was just like the lackey and then just like, an like how did that work out yeah. so it was a Jerry twist yeah um and the, so I was like okay but yeah um you know he had he didn't like give me like all the details for knockabout it was like oh well there's a city and these are the ideas I have behind it and uh, I took that and just like well okay I'm really gonna take that a bit, bit different direction. Okay. Um, so it was like his inspiration and then I, then I like really fleshed it out. So I know it's definitely different from what he envisioned. Okay. Uh, and I hope, I hope he likes it. Yeah. He hasn't really 
told me. Well, well you know, maybe you'll wait till the season's done. You'd be like, ah, I just hate what you did to that stuff. <laughs> that was all garbage. <laughs> you ruined my world. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I doubt, I doubt you would say that. Uh, That's, uh, yeah, it's got to be difficult to take somebody else's kind of brainchild and and make it into your own story. Although, you know, I, now my understanding is you've done quite a bit of DMing beyond just this campaign, correct? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a forever DM. You're uh, okay. So that that Cole Show and Craigar were like the one chance that you got to play. <laughs> um, you know, I I've really played very few characters in a lot of years. Okay. Um, probably I was trying to think about the, like the last major campaign I played in was a Ted, Ted ran one. Okay. And we were doing a pathfinder adventure path and we made it to book five and it kind of wound down cause we kept having scheduling problems and, and I played a barbarian in that. Okay. And I just, that was the first character I had played like in a full on campaign, probably in 10 years. Oh wow! And I was so excited. I mean, I had a lot of fun playing that. And Ted, Ted, by the way, Ted's a great DM, and he was a lot of fun to play under. And it was a really neat, really, really neat city-based campaign. And uh, I, I just, you know, obsessed on that character, <laughs> right? And it's like, oh, I get to play. And I wrote, you know, like it was one of those. I don't know the DMs. Sometimes you love it, and sometimes you hate it because they come in and like, I've got this like full page and a half of backstory, yeah. and like here's all my gear, and I've got pictures of my stuff. <laughs> you know, it was just like I was so excited. I think uh, once you DM a couple of times, or when you're, you know, quote a forever DM, when you do get to play, I think you like those characters better. Like I, I've played. Um, I had a halfling fighter in second edition D&D, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. if you can remember way back then, when you had like, you go up to like level, I think eight or nine or 10, I can't remember. And then he would go like attack class C, <laughs> attack class C. It was so, it, it had Thacko in it, if you remember, two hit armor class zero, way back in the day. Yeah, that's, and it's, a, it's a while ago. Yeah, that was... That was my favorite character that I've ever played just because I played him so long and I didn't get to play another character for so many years until finally uh, in my last campaign. Um, I can't remember. Oh, uh, somebody that Thad and I know ran a campaign and I got to be a dwarf cleric. Nice. I was really excited about that. Yeah, it's, it's so much fun. Yeah. When yeah. you finally get to, to get back to playing as opposed to being a DM. Yeah, because I, I genuinely have been the DM, and I mean, I really even hate to say this, but since like 1983. Oh, <laughs> wow. So way before second edition. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, yeah, yeah, that's, I you, you've DM'd my whole life, <laughs> pretty much. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry. No, I feel sad inside. Yeah, <laughs> it had to be done. So uh, back to this campaign, though. <laughs> and let's change subjects. Hard turn. Uh, you mentioned a couple of times uh, when we were in the city that you didn't expect us to go this way. And like, oh, I really, really didn't expect you guys to do this. I expected what if you can divulge, what did you expect us to do? 
<laughs> like we went to the tower. We went to the central tower to get a lay of the land. Yeah. And it seemed to genuinely like kind of befuddle uh, your plans a little bit. So what? Because uh, there was that <laughs> camp, I th- believe, to the north. It was the south. Baby. The south. Okay. Was that kind of your expectation, the route we were going to go? Yeah, no, it absolutely was. And, okay. I, and I've gone back and listened. And uh, and so this is one of those things where uh, when you write something from scratch, and sure. you've got these ideas in your head and like, oh, the breadcrumbs are obvious. And it, they're, you know, and in, in a, no amount of plan- planning prepares you for right. the interaction with the players, right? You just, you don't. So I was like, I was like, well, I'll try to make all these things look interesting, but I'm pretty sure they're going to be so focused on going after Vosh. And I'm like, yeah. And I, and I, and I had, and I went back and like, yeah, I, I, they heard like a shout to the South. Yeah. And I'm like, did they not catch that line or what it was? Cause you guys were like, oh yeah, that palace, that's where it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. No, we were very invested in going to the palace. Which is fair because, you know, thinking back as a player, well, yeah, that looked the most interesting. Well, it looked the most interesting. It provided us the best opportunity to see the whole city, you know, to figure out where we did need to go from there. So there was a lot of yeah. reasons that it was very enticing. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not mad about it or disappointed. It's one of those things where, and this is maybe one, I don't know if it's a flaw of mine, but I really, in, I enjoy the sandbox mm-hmm. and I try my best to prepare to go in, in the direction that the players really want to. And, okay. and you know, I'll, I'll throw my hooks and try to lead you sometimes, but at the end of the day, I, I was like, well, you know, I know, I know what the story is and you, you, you guys have an objective. So you're self-motivated. I don't have to motivate you. So I just have to, you know, provide the information for you to get where you guys are now, the culmination right. and how you get there ultimately is, uh, you know, it's just as much fun for me to see the choices you make and then I'll just adapt to it. Sure. And, and sometimes it requires a lot more preparation maybe than like a pre-planned or scripted. Um, but I, I mean, I really do my best not to railroad. Right. Uh, even though I got you there on a railroad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it is, but yeah, it was not, uh, that was not the, the path that I really thought. So I had written all this other stuff that I was like, okay, well, we're going to do something else. And I, I think it actually ended up maybe being more interesting. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed the tower. I enjoyed the the puzzles. I was not much help with the puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, truth be told, but no, I I enjoyed that type of, you know, level by level kind of puzzle activities. It, 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 I thought it was fun and I hoped everybody had a good time. It was, um, it, you know, had an old school feel to it. Very much so. Very much like an old school dungeon crawl, but yeah. instead of going down, going up, which was, I thought, pretty cool. I, and I was worried that I overdid it. Like, it, um, you know, you don't want to drag on the gimmick. And <laughs> it's funny is that whole thing was inspired um, because I, I was, I you know, I got on Patreon and I, I'll subscribe to different, you know, map makers. Sure. And... This whole last section of the campaign, all these, a lot of these maps have been coming from the same artist. Uh, okay. and shout out to Angela Maps. She still hasn't given me, given me anything free, but <laughs> she dropped this uh, Wizard's Tower. You know, then there's no context. It's just maps. Right. Right. And I'm looking at them like, oh, I could have fun with this. I could really write. Like, so 
that was like the inspiration for the tower. And then I just kind of wrote the story around these maps that just sort of dropped into my lap. Nice. <laughs> so that's the big reveal there. Yeah. Well, that's that's good use of the maps right there. Yeah. I was just I was like I, I could I could use this. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was um that one of the things I absolutely enjoy as a player is those puzzles. We still got those tambourines going from the other day. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know if we fully explained that, but our dog randomly comes down here and then he'll scratch and his collar has all these, you know, tags on it. Yes. And it jingles like a tambourine. It does. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know what to do about it. I don't think there is anything to do. I think dogs, uh, they kind of do what they want. Yeah. Because we we left him up, you know, we lock him outside or whatever, then he's like just barks and barks and barks so yeah he is officially part of the game <laughs> he is he is the <laughs> silent not so silent member <laughs> that that was kind of one of the little gags i was like you know what i'm putting a tambourine into the game <laughs> yeah, yeah at this point you have to yeah that's and uh and a pirate which i thoroughly enjoyed the pirate i actually enjoyed the pirate so much that i i designed part of my character i love him. that i really do yeah, i uh I think that that'll be fun once we first have our conversations uh, in regards to the pirate uh, or the dread pirate. I can't even remember what his name was actually now. I just remember the dread pirate captain. Um, oh my gosh. Arkley, right? Arkley. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, cause I had fully invested in, in the thought of being an assassin, uh, cause I, you know, I wanted that extra damage, but as soon as I saw, what the phantom rogue could do. I'm like, Oh, this, this yeah, makes so much more fun sense. <laughs> no, it's cool. And that is a really great, um, great design choice. And I am excited to delve into that. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be a lot of fun. So uh, another question for you, and this is, I guess, partly based on just my, my need for magical items, but is there an area that we've missed that had something in it that was spectacular? Like, have we have we missed loot like tremendous? No, no. I mean, <laughs> you're backpedaling. Now. No, it's one of those. Well, it's because like it's not like I've designed the city building my building, right? mm-hmm. you know. So I have this the giant map, and I have an idea of like what the main sections are. But were you guys to be like? You know what? Let's just dungeon crawl this city. <laughs> uh, it would require, yeah, yeah. Then we'd have to start, like, okay, sure. right? Because, because the, you know, the idea is, yeah, sure. Though, I mean, this is an entire city. There's probably mountains of magical devices scattered throughout it. Yeah. Um, but that would be, I don't know how exciting that would be, you know, as a, as a story. <laughs> You know, well, just like, well, let's go down this street and kick in this door. Right. Oh, look, more zombies. <laughs> this is our 25th <laughs> battle with zombies. <laughs> so, and the subscriptions go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's why you have Dagmars to push that narrative forward. Yeah. Actually, that's Triss's job is to push the narrative she forward. She is hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I firmly believe that every group needs that because if you don't have that, especially in this kind of format with a podcast, you're, it, there's just so much sitting around and not doing anything. It could be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, um, you know, even in my Pathfinder game, which we talk about, you know, little bits here and there, 
you know, it, it's a, it's an adventure path and they're in book six. And at this point, I mean, it's like everybody's pretty much committed to the story. You know, I, I, I've even like intentionally like here, here's, here's like, here's a little breadcrumb. Here's a little red herring, you know, whatever. And no, they don't take it. At there's all. nothing. Oh, it's wow. like no amount of, you know, no amount of at 16th level. It's like no amount of loot. Matters. Yeah, it's I like, imagine you pretty much have everything that you want, unless it's something crazy powerful. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly that, and it's it, it's it's tough to play at that level. So I, I know I've been generous. I, I think I've been generous with magic items in this season. I um, I feel so. I've got I've got at least a couple, which is yeah, and it's in. I think part of that for me was a bit like we really didn't get very much at all in, in the, in the second season. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first season, I thought we got a lot, I thought we got a lot and maybe we got too much in first season, but as a player, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've always had a pretty loose policy with magic items. Like I would rather try to scale my encounters uh, up to try to, you know, balance that out then try to pull back on the magic items because it's such a huge part of what's fun about D and D. It is what's fun. Um, but it is, it is one of those things that where, and I don't know if this is so much as a problem in fifth edition, but in Pathfinder, like that, my Pathfinder game and it's just, it's saturated mm-hmm. and I've played it. I mean, as far as like items wise, it's pretty, pretty much how the books, you know, tell you to drop. Okay. And it's like, Oh my gosh, it is uh, silly. Like everybody's just loaded down with just so much magic that it it does it, like then it was like, well, it doesn't seem to matter so much anymore. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, it's a plus 3 sword. Anybody need one? Nope, everybody's got a couple. All right, well, I'll throw it in the bag of holding and we'll maybe sell it. Right. <laughs> you know. And then you're like, oh, well, the campaign's over, you know, and 10 episodes and then I mean, you know, money's money's meaningless and it's kind of weird towards the end. I, you know, I, maybe that's why there's so few high level modules to take P to take groups through is because of things like that. There's, I mean, if you think about it, there's not a lot of D and D modules that go up to 20th level. Um, I, you know what? I honestly, I, I don't know that I can speak with authority on that. I think maybe there, I think there's maybe one. But honestly, I can't. I can't, I couldn't think of the name of it. Well, are you are you strictly thinking five e? Yeah. Or is it like? I mean, because yeah, because the entire catalog of everything that's been published is just it's overwhelming. There there is a lot <laughs> to think about to go through it. I I mean, I can't I can't place one, but. You know, I, so many campaigns kind of go through that first to eight or first to 13. 13 usually seems to be like a cutoff point for a lot of that. And I think it's maybe because it gets to that point where you have so much magic stuff. I, I kind of like having a little bit of a deficit because it makes you want to use the magic items that you have in mm-hmm. maybe weird or unusual ways just because you have it. Yeah. Um, Like a like a. Of course, now I can't think of the name of it, but the unmoving rod. Oh, yeah, the movable rod. Yeah, movable rod, yeah. So, um, I mean, there's so many crazy fun applications for that, and it's really fun to get into, uh, especially if it's 
you know, maybe one of two magic items that you have because you really have to kind of explore the uses of every one of them. Yeah. 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 yeah our, our rogue in the Pathfinder game has two of those. Two. Oh, two. That would be sweet. Yeah. That was his thing. So you can basically climb through the air with them. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really <laughs> cool. Uh, Dagmar at some point is going to be able to teleport through darkness. So Ooh. yeah, that'll be, that's, that's my plan anyway. Okay. So nice. Is there, uh, any particular, like, are you worried? Cause you know, we left off on a pretty significant cliffhanger. <laughs> like, are you, uh, do you get any fear about, uh, party ending combat? Cause it did not look very positive when we left. I mean, if, if I'm being honest, um, no, I, I think it's one of those things where I used to worry more mm-hmm. and then my players would always surprise me and then my, my worries would be just for nothing. Okay. Right. So I, I've, I've put my players in so many like really sticky situations. They find their way out. Um, I mean, if I really don't, I just like, I kind of just trust you guys. I've kind of looked at what the challenges and, you know, extenuating circumstances. And I think, I think it's going to be really tough. You know, I, I, I and, and I think it should be because it's supposed to feel like, um, like this is the big fight. You know, that's really what it's going to feel like. Yeah. That's kind of the way that it was packaged is it was kind yeah. of the big end fight. <laughs> what I think maybe I wasn't prepared for again, this is just uh, maybe foolishly, I wasn't prepared for how rushed you guys felt. And I, and I know I, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I did make it feel urgent and you were kind of up against the wall, but then you guys were like, yeah, let's explore the ship and then we'll chill out. And like, they're like, but once you, once you got down here, it was like, okay, we're not stopping. Yeah. I think that might come back to bite us because I, if I remember correctly, a lot of our consumable resources like spell slots and stuff are pretty thin right now yeah you guys you guys definitely are down um so i i guess i was thinking there was i don't know where it was going to fit in exactly but i was thinking there was going to be a rest in there oh i do know where where i thought the goblin camp or the cobalt camp actually no i thought you guys were going to spend more time in the manor house oh yeah we just lit through that thing (laughs) (laughs) talking about over preparing like that was that was a huge two-story manor and I spent a lot of time oh, no. <laughs> filling that stupid house out. And I'm like, you guys saw like one room, you solved the puzzle, and then you went down. And I'm like, yeah. oh, well, well, that was. To be fair, any house that has a lot of beholder kin in it is not a house I'm going <laughs> to check out. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there was there was neat stuff there. And uh, that was where it's like, well, I'm I'm not gonna try to just put the brakes on. You I mean you guys you guys are are you know it's your story. But I was that was yeah, I was like, yeah. I thought they might take a break here. As a DM, do you do you find it mildly frustrating when you over prepare an area and the players just kind of blitz through it? It's like, um, ah, I've got I've got the NPC backstories of all these people you were supposed to meet. <laughs> <laughs> It, it it varies. It yeah. just and it depends on what, um, you know, what it is I've built out. Sure. Um, and and how invested or excited I was, you know, for the house it was like yeah there was some neat stuff and it was like oh well, there, there was like this really cool trophy room in there and I put all these little cool like I spent a bit too much time finding little like trophy heads for the walls, 
just as visual fun. Sure. And you guys didn't see that. I'm like, yep. okay, well, you know, I can use that later at some there point. There you go. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. They're just assets that I've acquired. So, but yeah, you know, sometimes, um, not really so much in, well, maybe a little bit in this game, but definitely more where, like there was a spot in the Pathfinder game where I had, they were in this, they were basically in the Underdark and I had like hand built this entire Dwarven city. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> that I thought they were going to spend a ton of time on, but it was the same urgency. They're like, "No, we we, we we've got to do the quest." Yeah, and they just walked by it, and I'm like, "What self-respecting adventuring group is going to walk by a ruined dwarven city?" <laughs> well, you could always pick that city up and move it further down the line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they they knew they knew I was pretty frustrated, and and even Ted Ted was like. Man, we, we're, we've got a mission. We've got to save the land. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you're right. I get that. But ruined Dwarven <laughs> City. Did I not say the name? This isn't like, you know, a functional halfling village. <laughs> like, this is... Yeah, so I, I, was, I was a little bummed about that for a while. But, you know, it is what it is. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's in the assets, and we'll see. So yeah. we'll come up sometime later. Nice. The uh, so obviously the they had kind of the big reveal on our last campaign of Vash. Yeah, yeah, and Tris being an item. Did not, <laughs> I did not see that coming. I don't think that uh, she uh, did either. <laughs> she did not. I I was um, I was nervous how that was going to play out. Yeah, and uh, it ended up being way more awkward. And uh, she was just like. What's going on here? And that was that was the first time I'm like I actually made her uncomfortable and 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 I, I, <laughs> she was just I didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, I know when I started putting the pieces together, I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> and then I mean, there's nothing I could say because there was nothing that anybody would be able to say in that particular moment. So, yeah, that was uh, that was that was a nice little twist right there. I, I had built that. I was super excited for that, but also like, oh, where is this? How is this going to play? Sure. So I, I was think, still, still I, happy about it. Yeah, it worked out pretty well. We've got one less person to attack us, which is. Yeah. Well, and exciting. that was definitely part of, you know, when you guys, because, you know, you guys saw the room and saw all of the people. Yeah. Like that. Well, that's only the second time that I've seen you be like. Like some fear. Yeah. The beholder was, I think we, we did not handle that well. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that would I mean I was giddy over that. Oh, that was terrible. That was. And you know, the, the problem with it is it's so much based on the experience of playing. Like mm-hmm. I would love to do that type of encounter with kind of a fresh set of eyes, if you will. Um, right. My uh, my wife plays and D and D too, and she she barely plays. She only plays because you know when we need somebody to fill in or or you know, and uh, so she doesn't know anything about it. And uh, you have constantly have to kind of like, oh no, you got to add this to your role and everything. Mm-hmm. But I can only imagine how she would have handled that. She would have just rushed right in and and it been so <laughs> so unfortunate. <laughs> Yeah, well, then that's kind of fun, right? To be able like to not have any any preconceptions of all these creatures that have been around forever. 
Well, and it's difficult when you're trying to play as a as a character who doesn't know what that item what wh- what that creature is, but the player knows what that creature is, and it's it's always a a real kind of um, you know that's why I had Dagmar run right in, because, and I applaud that too because like... he would. I mean, he doesn't know what it can do. It's just a it's a matter of it's one of those things. It's real touch and go, I guess I would say as a as a player. Because you don't want to play on what you know. You want to play on what your character knows. Sure. But then you also like, but I don't want to just like kill my character. I know. I know. <laughs> Believe me. I did not want to make Dagmar 2.0. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, there's so many different rogue archetypes to play. I think I talked to Thad about this in one of uh, the previous Dungeons and Dagmars. But uh, I really wanted to play a dwarven-like gadget um, kind of a rogue sharpshooter. Yeah. And that'd be cool. It was, it was going to be really cool, but I decided that, um, the amount of like that would put Triss in melee by herself. Like there wasn't going to be anybody else in melee, um, with the exception of our only healer, (laughs) which didn't seem like a real good idea. So that's why I kind of went and I've never played uh, a ninja before. And that's kind of what I've styled Dagmar after is I there's no good archetype for ninja. So I decided to try to make one. Well, yeah, I, I, I love rogues. They're they're not my favorite, like favorite, favorite class, but it's like definitely, you know, top three. This is the uh, first rogue or monk I've ever played. I've never played a monk. Yeah, it's oh. uh, it's interesting. <laughs> it's, to say the least, I, I, you know, just the not being able to find a weapon to make your attacks any better is kind of interesting. Although I did yeah. get those sweet armbands, which were pretty nice. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. you did. My uh, favorite class is a cleric, though. I highly enjoy playing those. Nice. Yeah. Because there's, you can be any kind of cleric you want. You want to be a book smart cleric, you can do that. There's knowledge. You want to be up fighting people? Oh, be a forge cleric. Be a, a war cleric. I mean, to me, there's, I, there's no better class to play. Well, I, um, I think my favorite is actually wizard, but it's, it's a, it's a hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> so when I play CRPGs, okay. invariably or almost invariably, I will play wizard and I really have a good time. CRPG computer, computer, computer. Role oh, games. oh, like a, like a Baldur's Gate. Exactly. Like yeah. Shadows of Arm kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm like I always go the wizard path wherever possible. It's, it's you know it's one of those things. But be- because as a forever DM, you tend to play when you do get to play. It's like what what do you you know what's what's needed, right? And you know when I played in in Ted's game, somebody had already dibbed the spellcasters and and the rogue, and I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm gonna do barbarian, and 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 it was fun, and you know I had so much fun that you know when we we did second season and we were kind of talking about it. I'm like, you know, I can do barbarian again or, or for, you know, when we, sorry, I said sexy. When we did the podcast. Sure. The first season, uh, I went the barbarian and kind of took a lot of the pathfinder character traits that I had fleshed out and put him into this new character. And he was fun, mm-hmm. but yeah, I was like, okay, I really want to do that. So I was pretty excited to do the rogue. Yeah. But I still like, yeah, I still would like to, my like if next opportunity 
going to be a spellcaster. Yeah. So yeah. And if for people, I don't know if any, if we have any actual crossover to download dragons, but I got to be in a one shot with on the download dragons. Oh, um, really? Yeah. They was, it was this, they had a, it was, that was an off week. And instead of doing a Q and a or whatever, they just, they, did they, a one they, shot. Ju- they just had one character and, and uh, Scott had messaged me. He's like, you want to come over and just play? So I made this, I made a wizard. Okay. Just for that one night. <laughs> and I just like, I played him up and had, it was a lot, a lot of fun, but nice. You know, it's like, okay, well still want to play him. A wizard's another one of those classes that you can be a lot of different types. I guess they're all kind of like that, but I mean, yeah, you can really make, make everything your own, but yeah, the wizard it's, I guess when I think wizard, I always think the, like the evoker, the, the fireballs, the fun, you know, the firebolts. Well, yeah. And those are fun. Um, I mean, there's just so many different directions. I, I'm less in love with with 5e magic. I mean, I realize there's this like it's it's this weird power leveling, like like everything's sort of really balanced out, and some things are kind of watered down, but then some things like, well, this feels too powerful for the oh, low levels. You, you mean fireball <laughs> at level <Yeah>. three? Yeah, <laughs> they could just wipe out an entire party. Yeah, that's really um, that's really scary. It level five is, I mean, that's when I imagine most, I guess I'm, I'm going off of zero information, actual factual information, but I could see a lot of parties ending at level five because you get your second attack, you feel real powerful and, uh, yeah, the enemies are very powerful too. <laughs> it, well, yeah, if you're facing off against like NPC yeah. player classes. Yeah. You'd think like one one well-placed fireball could take a couple of people out. Yeah. 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 And, and that's scary. Yeah. And it's scary as the DM, you know, that, uh, that night, that night at the, at the, (laughs) at the red building in the basement, I don't think it really hit me until they dropped the fireball on the party. Oh, and (laughs) I'm like, Oh, it is six. Oh, it's 66. And then it was like, Oh, it's 86. Oh yeah. Sorry. 86. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't ready for that. I'm like, I don't know why I wasn't ready for that because I'm. I mean, I knew these these guys were coming down, and they right. had these. And I was like, Oh, Brokos is down. I'm like, Ooh, yeah, no, that could have gone really. You know what though? We recovered pretty nicely. Well, you did, but that was. Um, I mean, I think that's been the only time this entire campaign where I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm gonna, I could TPK them here. Yeah, <laughs> like it was not my intention. That's you know I have to envision that in this format a TPK has got to be a lot scarier of a thing. Um, yeah, I mean it, it would really mess with the story. <laughs> That's a, like, yeah, but you but you do press on. I mean, and I realize we're kind of just all over the place. Yeah. Well, like one of the podcasts I listen to, um, they they're they're pat they're doing Pathfinder and they're in um, they're in book six. And only one player has his original character. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like every other person is on either their second or third character. Yeah. And I'm like, that is an, in a, it's an unenviable position, but they, you know, they've made it work. They've kept the story consistent. I'm like, so you find a way to roll with it. But yeah, I guess if everybody died, I would think more instead of just player death, just more TPK like that to me. Cause you know, if Dagmar goes down, they're going to find somebody to replace Dagmar, you know? Yeah. 
Although I would say having a full season with the other three characters, it would be much more difficult. I imagine from a story element, like for Triss chasing Bosch, that'd be a real downer if Triss was to go out. Well, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> that would, that would be the whole, sever the whole MacGuffin of the campaign. So. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we have that, that hasn't, it hasn't happened, but yeah. I, um, I don't know if anybody else out there is like listening. We, like we're really playing and yeah. I don't know if other podcast shows script it more or pull punches or whatever. Cause you know, it's behind the scenes. Sure. But we definitely don't like I'm rolling the dice right out here in the open. There's no, no mystery. Yeah. No, no, no. I, um, I, and, I know I just went down. <laughs> so, I mean, you're right though. It, it is a risk and, and we had that same thing in season one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we had a lot of bumps but it was very early on and we almost TPK'd like really um, the only character standing was the barbarian and everybody else was, was making death saves and I still had to finish the last enemy and run around and we had just enough healing potions. Oh, gotcha. and I, uh, you know what? I, I'd have to go back. Cause I don't know if we were like, if they were down, I feel like, somebody maybe that i don't remember i feel like somebody was down to their last death save death save i mean i feel like it was like razor's edge yeah and as a player i was panicking and i don't know how i don't really don't know how jerry was feeling but it was i'm like like i don't know what we're gonna do right. <laughs> like we're just barely barely on in this campaign and we're like level two or three i think yeah i mean it was it was pretty grim and it's like um but it happens, and I don't, I find it more interesting. So we well, it's a lot more exciting when you know that you know there's that it, potential outcome. So I I know I enjoy it. Yeah, I for me, one of the I mean reasons to play this game is just the uncertainty. Where actually, you know, it's the element of chance. It's like you know where there's no safety nets. It's it's like okay, it's people's decisions and an element of luck and we try to play a game and sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. And yeah, I've got a guy who plays in one of my campaigns and I don't know what it is about fifth level, but he's lost his, he's never finished a campaign with the same character. <laughs> he's died. He's had a do a second character every campaign. Cause his character dies at level five. He was just disintegrated by a beholder. So, <laughs> so he just died again. <laughs> Oh, that would that would suck. Yeah, full health, just missed his save. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, that's it's part of it. It's yeah. part of the game. Yeah. yeah, I would tell people if if they don't or if they can't stand losing every once in a while, you probably shouldn't play D and D because you no. at some point you're gonna lose your character, and uh, but making characters is I think one of the most fun parts. I, I think so. I mean, I do like I do like the leveling up, but right, if there is no actual fear of failure, then why are we playing? Then yeah, you're, all yeah. you're doing is rolling dice until the inevitable outcome. Right. Yeah. Um. Well, do we want to actually get into like any? Or what well, do you have? Do you have any more questions? Uh, I I do not. I I I picked your brain and found out I didn't miss any good loot, and that was what I was really worried about. Um, well, I, 
I, I don't know. There was sometimes we, I mean, you guys talked a lot about different rules and DMing and stuff in the other two. Yep. And I think the only thing that I had as far as like some rules, not clarifications, but how I would run them. We had a kind of question in game come up where about the knowledge skills and how they applied and what you could use to identify different races. And actually, I think oh, it came like up different monsters. Different. Mo- I think it actually came up to identify the 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 goth or goth or however you want to yeah. say. And I'm like, well, what is that? <laughs> that and yeah, that. So I actually went out and I dug around on the D and D Beyond forums, and definitely some differing of opinions, but they're a lot of people kind of fell in line with, with, a, with a, like a, a list that they thought was appropriate kind of based upon our previous editions. Okay. And anyway, I found a pretty compelling list. So I wrote it down. I'm like, well, this is what I'm going to use. Okay. So I just thought I would get that like formalized and, and maybe it is canon officially like somewhere else in some other forms, but I like, so at, look for aberration. So according to this is like a knowledge arcana can cover, uh, aberrations, constructs, elementals, and monstrosities. Yeah, that would make sense. And then history are dragons, giants, and humanoids. Okay. And then nature are beasts, fey, uh, something scribbled here. What does that say? And plants. Oozes. Oozes and Oozes. plants. Oozes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that. And then religion would be celestials, fiends, and undead. Okay. So yeah. I, I felt like... I like the, that was pretty reasonable. Yeah, I like the idea of using different skills to identify different types of things. That's yeah, I I think that that definitely works. Um, all right, pause right here. <laughs> <laughs> I had actually messaged one of our fans to see if she had any questions, and she literally this is like real time question here. Ooh. It's almost like a call-in show. Oh my gosh! Now I feel, <laughs> I feel the pressure. Uh, so she just threw two things out, and she said, um, "Could you guys talk about multiclassing? Uh, I'm fascinated by multiclassing. Barely had a chance to do it. And what's the most ridiculous multiclass that you've played or seen played? So that's a that's kind of a tough one. So." Um, I have to really think about it for myself. Do you, does anything just like jump oh, yeah. for you? Barbarian sorcerer. Barbarian sorcerer. Barbarian sorcerer was the worst <laughs> multi-class I've ever seen played. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause you can't cast spells while you're raging. So you take like one of the fundamental benefits of the barbarian and countered it like a hard counter on yourself. Uh, the idea That's was funny. Yeah. The, the person was trying to play like a, like a barbarian shaman, but they didn't want uh, their, you know, to follow any kind of deity. They wanted the power to come from themselves. So they kind of, they were incredibly new to the game. And so multi-classing was not a good option for them, uh, but they decided to go with the barbarian sorcerer. And uh, with, with about as much success as you would anticipate, <laughs> they, it, it felt like their character was always lagging behind as far as usefulness. Yeah, that sounds weird. Yeah. I mean, it's... You were... It, it, the character ended up being a garbage barbarian, kind of, uh, for for some battles, and then kind of a bad, you know, mage or a uh, sorcerer. So, but that's that's the worst I've ever seen. Um, uh, multiclassing generally, and this is to, to kind of speak to the first part of that question, I always try to do multiclassing based on at least something similar 
mm-hmm. as far as uh, a primary attribute. Um, and that's at least one of them, I guess, is kind of where I go after. So if I wanted to be a more of a dexterity fighter, I could do fighter rogue maybe as a multi-class. Right. Um, the trick is, is you really have to go into it with a character concept and not something that you're willing to do just on a whim. Um, because you, for some of the classes, their, their level 20 ability is their, you know, their, that's their big, you're building up to that. Right. Moment. That capstone. Yeah. That capstone ability. And some of them are very good. And, you know, if you reduce, you know, or if you, uh, lose the ability to get that, then there is no kind of payoff. Now, um, most campaigns don't go to level 20, so you don't always have to worry about that. True. Yeah, I guess you have to kind of figure out what game you're playing in and what are the yeah. odds of it really getting that high. Yeah, I don't... Um, I haven't really... I've seen 5e. This is the first 5e game that I've played in and run. I mean, these three seasons. Mm-hmm. So, and we obviously... Nobody multi Nobody multiclassed. I have to think about it, right? No. Dagmar we, multiclasses. The person you're talking <laughs> the to. The person I'm talking to. Yeah. Sorry, I was I was thinking through. <laughs> so you're the first one I've seen multiclassed. Yeah, Munkrow. <laughs> Sorry. We, the had a we just literally about talked this. about that. <laughs> oh, it's been a long day. Or do we want to edit this too? <laughs> no, it's fine. This is what happens. Um, so I guess to, to I can't really say that I've seen... I've, I haven't seen anything go bad in any of my games. Or, um, I, I haven't, I mean, reading the rules, I don't know that I have seen anything that, that compelled me in 5e to like, oh yeah, multiclassing is a great idea. Like it just. I, I think it's it's definitely for a character concept. Yeah. Um, or, you know, if you, if you get a small group and you want to fill, you know, somebody's got to fill in multiple roles. Now, usually some of the base classes, like a druid, you know, can do, melee can do healing can do spell casting so there are some single classes that would fill in multiple things and they've got some uh, subclasses like eldritch knight or um, arcane trickster like a that gives the ability to cast spells even as a rogue so you're not having to multi-class um, for for myself since i i do multitask uh, or multi <laughs> multitask <laughs> multi-class um it was again. It was. It, I've always wanted to play a ninja, and uh, the, there was no way that I could do it with just a straight way of the shadow monk build. That wasn't the. That wasn't what I wanted my character to to be. So okay. that's why I added the Rogan. And I think from now, I've got. I mean, depending on when we're gonna end up as far as levels which i mean uh, you know if you had that information i'd love to hear <laughs> it but, um i'm gonna add one more level of monk and then do uh rogue on the way all the way out okay so if it'll if we get to 20 then it would be 14 rogue six monk hmm. but yeah my advice for anybody who'd be multi-classing is just you know make sure because you, you can severely if it's done poorly it can severely limit your character's effectiveness in combat specifically um but it adds a whole lot more utility to any particular character or uh, potentially utility to a character well having played pathfinder for you know a dozen years or more 
I mean, lots of people multi-class. And the, the barbarian that I played, actually, just for clarity, I actually was a barbarian rogue. Barbarian rogue. Barbarian rogue. And because uh, he was very styled after Conan from like the the books where oh. Conan was very, he was, I mean, he was a barbarian rogue. He was, you know, very thief-like and had a lot, yeah. of, a lot of skulky type skills. And, and that was my inspiration. And it, it really synergized well in Pathfinder because, uh, you know, with uh, I went, you know, unarmored, you know, and it was a dex-based rogue. Right. And dex-based barbarian. So, of course, I had a huge dex, huge AC, and, and you get sneak attack <laughs> with your... Um, you know, longsword. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's you right. Know? You can do that in Pathfinder. Yeah, yeah. you can. You so, can't do that in uh, 5e. Yeah, so you. So it was uh, it was a very effective damage dealer and really good at Rogue, and he had the most amazing uh, acrobatics. Like it was – because, yeah, because I don't know if everybody who listened to this is just plays 5e or if there's crossover, but in Pathfinder the numbers get larger. So he had like a 36 acrobatics. Which was, you know, so much. It was just insane. It's absurd. I got a fun. 54 on my acrobatics roll. <laughs> yeah. So you're leaping around the battlefield and rolling through people's squares. And and yeah. uh, it was a lot of fun. So that was a it was a good synergy for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah is Things that uh, go together would be um, Sorcerer Warlock. I know it was incredibly common. A Sorlock. Hmm. Um, Paladin uh, Sorcerer. Um, bard warlock i've i've seen that any because they're you know paladin maybe not so much but you know bard and sorcerer and warlock are all charisma based so you see a lot of crossover with their primary attributes i always tried to make uh or i always wanted to make a uh, a druid cleric work some way or a Hmm. monk cleric because i always thought monk and cleric would go really well together i could never really really get it to work i couldn't figure out a good concept for that character but i've always been interested in trying maybe one day maybe yeah. maybe dagmar will have a change of <laughs> a change of faith and become a cleric that sounds fun mostly because i really just like playing clerics <laughs> okay any other questions from the uh yeah she threw one she threw one more out here this is from sarah jane all right i think uh, i think we, we got time for one more yeah this probably take us home here yeah uh she says any tips for me being able to describe what your character is doing uh if you have a hard time explaining things i know a lot of times uh, a lot of people who would get flustered because they don't have the words or if everybody's looking at them suddenly or if they're confused so the, yeah, so if you're trying to describe what your character is doing, you get put on the spot. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, that's. I mean, that's really kind of part of the game, and it's probably the hardest things I think for new players is like, how do you I, say what you're doing? Yeah, I think I think part of that is, you know, a helpful DM. It can yeah. certainly really take the sting out of that moment. Uh, if I could reference back to the game, uh, IDM that my wife participates in. She has not been playing D and D her whole life. So, um, when I know that she wants to do something, uh, just a couple more questions to kind of prod, mm-hmm. you know, just, okay, well, how are you doing that? And, you know, what do you want to be doing while you're doing this? You know, just a couple of questions to really try to coax that movement out. But, um, you know, that's more from the DM side as a, as a player, 
um, it, it always helps for me to visualize it. And so I visualize what I want to do in my head kind of as a, as a movie, if you will, mm-hmm. and then just do the best I can to describe that picture, um, which, you know, it gives me something to do other than, you know, being quiet in front of everybody, you know, <laughs> and being awkward. Uh, so it gives me something to do. It also really helps if you pay attention in combat. And so you're not getting everything described to you. You know, there's not that lull where the DM has to explain to you everything that's going on. You want to make sure that you're paying attention. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause then it's much easier to flow, you know, I think it, I mean, and I totally agree that a helpful DM really can make or break a break a new character's experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if, you know, you know, A, it helps if you're comfortable with the people you're playing with. Oh, but yeah. Some people, if you're thrust in a situation, you know, maybe you're the new one and that's an existing group or it's just a bunch of strangers uh, and you already have, I mean, some social anxiety, which a lot of people who play these types of games may have, you know, various, various things. Uh, um so it takes so it takes you know it takes a little bit just to get comfortable with the group of people, mm-hmm. but yeah, and it's you know it's just kind of like well, take your time. What are you trying to accomplish? Because usually that's exactly what, as a DM, that's what I'll ask. Like, you know, maybe don't worry about the rules. Like, what do you what is it you're trying to accomplish? Yeah, and just see if you can explain that to me, and then I'll tell you how you can do that with the rules. Yeah, that's that's how I'll I do my best to try to train new players. Um, and outside of that, it's, you know, finding your comfort zone. Uh, do you prefer to talk first person or third person? And, you know, I'm one of those DMs where, you know, of course I love everybody to talk in character, mm-hmm. but not everybody does, you know, in the Pathfinder game necessarily all the time. You know, when you're playing a podcast, it's a bit more important. Right. But when you're sitting around our table playing regular games, not everybody is always first person speaking and then that's fine. You know, it's like whatever your comfort level is, just you just do your best to describe it how you can without overthinking it. And, you know, just try to have fun. Yeah. I, I for, and it happens to everybody. That would be my other, I, I've played D and D for an incredibly long time. And when I first came on the podcast, I wasn't real chatty. <laughs> the first maybe three, no. four episodes, I, uh, and part of that was, you know, Dagmar wouldn't really have anything to add to their adventures at the time. Uh, but part of that is just, you know, playing with a group of people that I've never played with before. So you, you know, you just, everybody experiences that to a certain degree at one point of playing D and D maybe not every time they play, but yeah. And, uh, you know, just making sure that even outside the scope of the rules, if you have a clear idea of what you want to do, describe that. And then somebody is going to help you find the context of the rules. Cause that's, that's how pretty much every rule of cool event ever, ever takes place is mm-hmm. because even people who know D and D like, well, I have no idea what this would be, but I want to do this. I am a big fan of that. Yeah. But I was actually, you know, to your credit, <laughs> Not only were you, you know, like you had to come in with a new character, meeting new people, because the only person you knew was Thad. Correct. Like, it's like, welcome. Um, but it's like, you were new to podcasting. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, here you are. Yeah, no, it was uh, the, the, and like I, like I said the first time, the, the thing I was the most nervous about was the voice. 
Yeah. Well, and and you know, it's hard to tap into that now, but going back to listen to season one, episodes one and two, I mean, we were like, we didn't know what we were doing. We were so, I mean, even though we were new, you know, we gamed together sure. and we were comfortable with each other. I just remember being tense. Like we were so nervous. Oh, the first few episodes and, were like, there was no fun to be had. No. <laughs> we were like, it was like, it was like, we were so uptight. There was just like, no, like no joking. It was like, oh my gosh, we're going to mess this up. You know, I, I, I firmly believe the best thing that happened to you guys was going up all of those stairs right away at that first, uh, on the first campaign you went inside oh, the yeah. mountain yeah. and you went up the stairs for days. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and it, it was, it got to the point of so being kind of ridiculous. And I think that helped loosen everybody up. That's that, that's, uh, I'm putting my foot in the ground. I think that's what That's funny. Yeah. 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 So. yeah um, yeah, that's it's one of yeah. I, 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 we early on, and Rochelle had really pushed that too. Like, like we should go back and re-record those. Um, and you know, part of it was time. Like, okay, well, how do you go back and like, okay, how to you know piece it back together and make it sound authentic and still end up to splice back in? Right. So I was like, yeah, it just never happened, and that, and um, I don't know to anybody out there who's thinking about doing this, I would say plan on running like a, a small, you know, three or four session one shot Record it with no intention to ever air it just to get the jitters out because they are real. It's like when you first yeah. start, it's like, Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then, then when you kind of relax, like, okay, yeah, now let's do this for real. Yeah. I feel like I finally gotten there where I can sit down and, and kind of talk over the mic and, and, and feel like I'm playing D and D as opposed to, you know, kind of uh, performing for you all. <laughs> right. Cause that's, that's what I wanted. It's like, I, it's like, I want to just play. And, right. and I think, I think we've accomplished that. I, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. This is one of the ones that's uh, very authentic for it because bad things happen and good things happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh you know, you get to some of those podcasts and you listen, it's like they never roll below an 18 or a 19, you know, and I, I don't know why that is, but it's, I, I know I rolled six ones. <laughs> oh my gosh. In one afternoon. Yeah. So, Everybody knows when I roll my ones. Oh, I get yeah. so angry sometimes. I just couldn't believe I rolled <laughs> six. I, I rolled like 14, one, 16, one. And I did that for like half my rolls. It was terrible. Yeah. I feel like I did that in the last fight with the kobolds, maybe. I don't know. It was one of those where like I couldn't roll over five. Yeah. All these attacks. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, that silent spell on the staff was pretty Oh, it's so bad. I know. I know. I know so you were mad. <laughs> the look on your face said you were mad, but it had to be done. Uh, I hate it when wizards get nerfed, so <laughs> Well uh, thank Yeah, you. I guess uh Yeah, thanks for joining me on uh Dungeons and Dagmars. I this appreciate is fun. it. Yeah, no, it's a good time. It's it's amazing how long you can talk about D and D. Not not you personally, but just you know somebody who plays like role playing games. Oh well, but me personally, like I don't get to talk about it enough. Um, I mean, my wife tolerates it way more than I probably give her credit for. Yeah, because yeah, it's just like nobody really wants to hear you just talk about your histories and all the campaigns and adventures and stuff. Right. It's always it's a very personal thing. And yeah, it's fun yeah. to just like. 
all right, well, let's just talk about the idea of D and D. Yeah, I, 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 I don't get to talk about it nearly as much. So these are kind of therapeutic, I yeah. guess I would say. Yeah. So it's fun. Well, thanks for coming over and, uh, no problem. Yeah. And then uh, next week, yeah, we'll get to see if we live through that fight. We will see. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're not nearly worried enough. Um, <laughs> uh, hmm. We'll, we'll see. We'll find out. I know. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. All right. See you guys. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed our show, please take a moment to rate us as this goes a long way to promote us. If you love our show, we are on Patreon. Even a dollar a month can help keep the content coming. For other adventures in the world of Atlas, check out our sister show, Down with Dragons, on YouTube or Twitch at Monsters Roll. Dungeon Patrol is a Monsters Roll production. We will see you next week. This dungeon has been patrolled.